When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to this week's Shutdown Fullcast, the Internet's only college football podcast that's named the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, joining me, and I am Spencer Hall, the editorial director of SB Nation, founder of Every Day Should Be Saturday. Uh, joining me from his slightly cacophonous backyard, Somewhere in the wilds of Kennesaw, Georgia, is college football editor Jason Kirk. Can y'all hear me? I brought I brought a bunch of bugs tonight. <laughs> Jason comes to the party, brings it, a bucket full of cicadas. It always sounds like he's at the bottom of where the the uh, the Ark of the Covenant was stored when all the snakes start coming out. Bitch, like, I might be <laughs> <laughs> just up there. Living that cicada gang life. Indiana cones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, chiming in, and his lovely tenor. I, I like to call it a tenor. Yeah. A it's, a, re- it's a warble. A reedy, warbly <laughs> tenor. Yeah. Ryan Nanny. <laughs> should, uh, I, should I start smoking? Uh, no, no, because then you're, you know who you'll sound like? No. Oh, the mom from Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah, you'll sound the Lois. You'll sound like her. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, just start pounding that's whiskey. Pretty cool. You'll uh, end up. You'll end up sounding like JT the Brick, the old sports talk guy who talked like this. That's not JT, great. JT the Brick. Um, why don't we have a theme song yet? Nobody's written it. Why has nobody written us a goddamn theme song? Is that how these things work? You just wait. I think that's how it works. I think you just sort of muddle along for a while. <laughs> And then somebody with actual talent says, here, I'll give you this song for free. Well, let's just put that out there. Before we start, if anyone wants to write us a theme song, go ahead. There. Go, wow. go ahead. Just write us a theme song. We may I, like, I like how we're too cool to want a theme song. It's like, if, if you would prefer to hear one, go ahead, send it over. Unless you like how our podcast just ends. I'm very fond of that. I know you are. Yeah, that, it is, that's that's Dan. It is one of your most annoying artistic affectations. It, it, I'm a big fan of the French New Wave jump cut. Yeah. Uh, that quick edit, you know, yeah. just yeah. get the Godard ending every single time. It's just like football. It, it ends what it ends, and sometimes that's pretty stupidly. Sure. Looking at, looking at you, Texas, Nebraska. Wow. Yeah. One second, baby. This did One. get dark. It got dark real. <laughs> Anytime you bring Bo Pelini into the casting. That's true. It it's, is. It's like it's like putting Steve Buscemi in a movie. It always adds a hint of darkness. Yeah, you can only hope it has like a Coen Brothers dark comedy feel to it. Otherwise, mm, it's going to be weird. 
It's going to get grim. You're like, going to see some weird dick, probably. Yeah, you put him in a Happy Madison production, it's just oh. going to get dark. You bring Bo Pelini into it, and no matter how much humor he may dress it up with, there's, you know, there's still an axe somewhere in the storyline. St- there's still a feeling like he might actually want to hurt himself or others. Yeah, big, sad, psychotic eyes. The Steve Buscemi of college football, Bo Pelini. Um, go Penguins. Go Penguins. I hope you don't lose a game, Youngstown State. This week, uh, we had a little curious discussion in our pre-show meeting, which was this, that we don't really have, you know, there, there's many sports movies, many. Ron Shelton made like half of them, right? Like he made like Bull Durham, Tin Cup, White Man Can't Jump, like Cobb. I don't think I've named half of them that Ron Shelton has made. But we had this discussion that there's not really a good or at least canonical college football movie, right? Not about not about like college football as a thing. There are a handful of good movies about like a distinct story, like We Are Marshall or something like that. But We Are Marshall is not like, oh, this is a movie about college football. It's about yeah, yeah, a yeah. thing and a team. Well, and I mean, I would call that a college football movie, and I would call it a, a pretty good movie. And like, you know, I think McConaughey's really good in it and all. Right, but, but it's, it's not, not it's like, not representative it's not like of something larger. Definitive college football movie. You know what exactly. I mean? It's not like Hoosiers to college yeah. basketball or high school basketball, which Hoosier sucks, as everyone knows and agrees, without any controversy at all. Yep. Yeah, but this, uh, this came up because of an article that our compatriot Roger Sherman wrote on SB Nation. Longtime host. Former former host. Former before he was fired. Yes. Uh, he wrote that Hoosier sucks, which is a sentiment I I largely agree with because it's not a particularly good basketball movie because you got to pass like eleven times before you know you take a shot. <laughs> you know Go who Hawks. you know who loves Hoosiers. I have this theory that pretty much everybody who has two grandfathers uh, has one nice grandfather and one just like prickly fucking grandfather. And oh, prick, prickly, prick, granddad prickly Granddad fucking loves Hoosiers. Yeah, because he's like, that's yeah. how you do it. That's you get you abusive. That's how you do it. You don't have anything handed to you at all. You, you don't. You don't have any minorities on the team. <laughs> None. And you don't consider that other team. Indiana's other team, by the way, with like Oscar Robert, uh, Robertson on it, right? Not considered Hoosiers. That's my favorite part of the entire structure of the movie. They're like, this is the real Indiana, and here are these black people from the city. Can can we talk about the best comment on Roger's piece? Please. Please. <laughs> right. I'm I'm gonna, love, I'd love that. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read just the first, the first sentence. I'm going to read it verbatim. Uh, this is from Awesome Reese 58 who certainly doesn't listen to this. <clears throat> First of all, this is when basketball wasn't all slam dunks and three points. And plus, this is based off a true story. So I'm pretty sure the movie isn't racist. <laughs> because racism was invented by Hollywood That's in true. 1985. Yeah, uh, it actually only it only exists in the Star Wars universe. Racism was invented on the internet by people who hate men. Damn you, George Lucas. We were, we were a united country until Jar Jar... I tell you, Actually, Jar- I think we are more united than ever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a real turning point. Like, playing Birth of a Nation or George Lucas movie is pretty hard. <laughs> well, Birth of a Nation, they don't go back and, you know, re-release every ten years. That's the difference. <laughs> That's good. George Lucas' big project. Go get Birth of a Nation and put CGI aliens all through it. <laughs> it's going to do it. It's his big dream. What the hell is Jabba doing in the back? What the fuck? <laughs> he had a plantation? Why is he shaking hands with Himmler? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and they're both smiling. <laughs> Weird. Why is there a Diet Coke ad in the back? <laughs> Product placement. <sighs> the uh, There's never really, like, of, of all the movies, like, Hoosiers itself, like, like, suffers, I think, from, you know, like, the good and the bad of most sports movies. I think that the, the movie that came closest, I think, to actually embodying what I think we all might agree college football is this necessary roughness. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I still haven't seen all of it, i got to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to be even more honest and say I've never seen any no, of it. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn you up. I'm not going to be mad at you. Peter, Peter Burks and I have plans to review it for EDSBS, but we haven't got around to it. Okay. I'll read that instead of watching it. Thank you, thank you. Okay, it, well, you should know this. 
it's quality because it has Scott Bakula in it. It's like instantly. Who plays like a 37-year-old. Correct. Like, and the best part is how many things Necessary Roughness got right. Because one thing they did get correct is like the 37-year-old transfer quarterback is Scott Bakula. Florida State went to a national title game using this exact and won a national title using this exact rationale. <laughs> using an ancient quarterback in Chris Wanky. So they called it before that ever happened. There is um there is a I believe he's either English or Australian. It's hard to tell with the accent. Kicker. Which That's is pretty real. Which is very real. He smokes, which a lot of kickers do. He's profane, which yeah. Uh there is a let's see, there was a female, I believe a female kicker, which happened well before any of the female kicking stories happened. It involves a coach who's up against it and decides to sell out in order to win it all in uh, in a desperate situation, which... Yeah, that all sounds yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and it takes place in Texas. So it basically correlates desperate small school behavior to compete uh, in the Lone Star State, which, again, fairly realistic conditions. So... I, it's very cartoonish, but it gets a lot right about a lot of the sort of basic motivations and details that occur like at the level of college football. In addition to that, again, it has Scott Bakula. Do you know who Chris Winkie is older than? Chris Winkie's older than a lot of who people. Who is he old, not older than? Well, he's older than Nas. That's really all I wanted to say. Wow, he's older that makes than Nas. That makes sense. Nas makes is three, sense. Nas is three hundred years old. How old well, do you think Chris? Well, because his mind is ancient. Right. Yeah, Nas, yeah. Was, Nas was a pharaoh. We all know that, like his wisdom. But I mean, Illmatic came out during uh, when uh, Nebraska was in it, winning titles, and that was just a few years before the BCS. Okay, That's, so I, I think that makes sense. We are I mean, we uh, are three days away as we record this from Chris Winkie's forty third birthday. Wow. Man. He probably still has some eligibility left, honestly. Hey, get him to Akron. Yeah. Uh, additional additional credits and kudos, by the way. St- the uh, the cast of Necessary Roughness featuring such luminaries as Sinbad. 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 <laughs> God, I'm going to say it like that for now. On. <laughs> Is there an accent over it? <laughs> Sinbad. So like an accent over the B or something? Yeah. Is that what produced that yeah, noise you it just is. made? It, it's, it's Gaelic, so you pronounce it Shinfad. That is his heritage. I forgot about that. Uh, it's Fred Dalton Thompson. The yeah. Fred Dalton Thompson. Oh, mm-hmm. He plays, I think he plays like the AD. Yep. And he's uh, he basically, like a booster. he's basically playing the same role that he did on Law and Order. Like sort of cranky authority figure. Yep. Hector Elizondo is the coach, yeah. which I got to admit is a little weird, but they nailed the defensive coordinator in terms of tone. Loja! Loja? Robert Loja. The only guy who's ever cut like a serial commercial, which is basically centered on the Robert Loja had sex with your mother premise. <laughs> Why are you here, Robert Loja? Here. Ask your I mother. Got, I brought you a bike. Shut up. <laughs> Kathy Ireland? Mm-hmm. Kathy Ireland is in it? Oh, and and as if you weren't convinced, the convicts that they play in a little wink, wink, nod, nod to the longest yard. <clears throat> I mean, this is a really great series of cameos. Are you ready? I'm going to list them all. Do it. Okay. Dick Butkus, Earl Campbell, when he gets walk, Roger Craig, Ben Davidson, Tony Dorsett, Vander Holyfield, <laughs> Vander Holyfield, yeah, yeah. Ed Two Tall Jones, Jim Kelly, Jerry Rice, Herschel Walker, Randy White. Whew, man, quite a, quite a cast. Oh, and as if this wasn't, if you want to like time, if you want to carbon date this thing, who's their ESPN cameo? Jason Kirk, answer this. Who's their ESPN cameo oh, without looking? Here, tell, uh, tell them the year. The, it's this the guy came with out, the beard. No, this came out in 90, 1991. No, 90, I'm going to say the guy with the beard. Oh. You know, that guy. No. Charlie Steiner? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. Back, 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 back. Oh, yeah. The man himself. Oh, I didn't realize they could get him. The Idaho. No, this is 91. Yeah. Right? He's a little bit less of a burnished, russet-talking Idaho potato of a man at that point. 
Yeah, this is when they were still selling Sports Center, right? Like, hey, watch thirty minutes of uninterrupted sports highlights a day. I would absolutely buy Berman like CGI'd into the cantina scene, though. By the way, just so we're clear. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know we're skipping around here, but I just want to say that the uh, but it, it might be the finest one. I think we're all in agreement. By the way, that there's one college football movie that will suck forever. Rudy. Rudy. It's Rudy. Just to keep going in on the state of Indiana, Ru- Rudy sucks. But it does have Vince Vaughn being just an incredible ass. Like, there is probably a way you could recut Rudy where Vince Vaughn is like, fuck this guy. He fucking sucks. And in the end, Vince Vaughn is right in the hero. And I would watch that movie. Yeah, John Favreau, remember, is also in it. And maybe his most believable role as a dude from Miami who's just going there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and doesn't and doesn't realize it's going to be cold, right? And doesn't realize it's going to be cold, and it's kind of just like, oh, I'll hang out with the, uh, hang out with the football player. And there's one of them that can't stop saying "goddamn." Uh, that's like a big character point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's real, really important character point in there. I will say that it is a great comedy because there's nothing better than watching a completely disconnected and disinterested Ned Beatty just shit on Sean Astin. I also enjoy, I also enjoy that the movie's primary black character only exists to help the white people along and has no his life is benefited in no way whatsoever. Yeah, that's a uh, if you go to the TV trope site, I'm sure there's like 18 <laughs> describing that phenomenon. Magical black character, the legend, the yeah, legend yeah, of what, Bagger whatever Rock, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, the legend of Bagger Rock. It's like you're gonna do that to Charles Dutton. He was in prison. He's been Rockney. to prison. Like he's he's been to prison. He did a live show, man. Rock did a live episode of Rock. You know, back, and, back when that was hard to do. <laughs> yeah, back when back when that required things like man, multiple VHS recorders, <laughs> at least two cameras. Wow. Yeah, it's um, it's a rotten crap movie. And remember, Rudy didn't actually do that stuff in the movie. Also, no. also, it's against Georgia Tech. How hard was that? Wasn't that it was against Georgia Tech in the 60s or 70s or whatever. Yeah, but it was playing defense against Georgia Tech. So you could just, you know, get cut block. I'd also I mean, watch that version of Rudy where Rudy yes, comes Paul in for Johnson one play. been there for 70 years. He said he's been talking about uh, uh, playoffs or something like that for 100 – or no, National Signing Day. He said the other day, <laughs> I've been saying the same thing for 100 years. And Paul, Johnson Paul Johnson reveals immortality. Paul Johnson is not prone to hyperbole or using no, 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 casual no. It's, numbers. It's been it's been one hundred years. Nineteen fifteen is when he first started railing against National Signing Day. Not, not, it, it, it was July twenty seventh. Matter of fact, that's right. Specifically, one hundred years. It was like that in the gold standard. Things yeah. that Paul Johnson just can't stand. When it was the the big yeah. question in America was intervention in Europe or not, Paul Johnson said, "Listen, we got bigger problems. Listen, <laughs> we can't figure out if Michigan or Harvard is not, the best team." I don't want to worry about signing the Kaiser. That's it. He did gotta, sign the Kaiser, though. In the end, you got to worry. You got to worry about those air raid offenses because they're basically a fifth column of football. <laughs> they're not loyal. They that's where he, that's where he gets his grant. You know, Georgia Tech football really is the. <laughs> the trench warfare of football. Arch, Archduke. <laughs> that, that really is how they play. Archduke Franz Ferdinand just hung in the pocket too long. Don't know what hey, to tell you. Got to get re- rid of that ball. Remember, if you can't recruit and you can't get your lines of supply to the program correct, you just dig in, grab something sharp, and hope to make them bleed. Now, come and on. wait. We're going to do two days with mustard gas. <laughs> play nope. soccer on Christmas for calisthenics it'll and then get you, back to work. It'll make you strong. <laughs> Uh, we've also got the program, which we've reviewed the program on EDSPS before. You should click it and read it. Yeah, it's, it's really it's it's extensive. I will say that it's very extensive, but does have a fantastic cast. Has a young Halle Berry. Has a very young Omar Epps. It's got Craig Sheffer, the Craig Sheffer, mm-hmm. Christy Swanson, and maybe the most disconnected performance, the most disinterested, phoning it in. So hard, he's like talking on a cell phone that's plugged into a cell phone. Uh, just James Con, James Con, just reading post-it notes somebody has left all over the set with no interest whatsoever in his character. You mean like he's trying to learn a foreign language? Sofa. Like, 
He delivers every line like he's just woken up from a nap. That's true. He has. Well, it did kind of feel like the team was sort of based on Florida State, right? So he's sort of Bobby in 10 or 15 years after the movie. Part of the post, and and again, just re- just click on that post. Maybe click it twice. Open it in two taps. Um, great. We can't figure out what the hell conference they played in. Like, we know it was filmed in South Carolina Stadium, and because they were lazy, there are shots where there are big old SEC logos, and the one that looks like, you know, it could cut you. Um, but we can't figure out what the hell team this is supposed to be. Their schedule makes no sense. Oh, so they're, they're ACC. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm going, that going sort of wins to the FSU thing mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. right before that came out, FSU was an independent and they would play like hard ass schedules. No, this was not. This is not that. I think they play Colorado three times in this movie. Oh well, forget that. Yeah. Well, which is accurate. Colorado played everybody three times in the nineties. That's true. Additionally, I do treasure this movie for a few things. One, the extremely cartoonish presentation of steroids that had the inverse effect that it was supposed to. I think it was supposed to scare people off of steroids, and instead, everyone went and saw it and went, Latimer's awesome. Yeah, I'm take gonna... steroids and you can make first team. Yeah. <laughs> and throw a car. Yeah, and throw a car and put your head through a window. It'll, it'll rock. Additionally, another Berman cameo proving that Chris Berman – I'm, I'm going to look this up, by the way, while we finish this discussion. Oh, are you looking at Chris Berman's oh, IMD? Oh, God. <laughs> Chris Berman's got to have – And a Bo Schembechler cameo. The rare – that's right. The, the, like the weirdest Uno card in the deck, the Bo Beckler cameo. Like, how did that happen? I have no idea. This seems like the kind of thing that Bo, like, this is where you realize how Bo Beckler Jim Harbaugh is. You know, Jim Harbaugh has this, like, habit of showing up totally randomly in things. Bo Beckler was in the program. And you know that there's some part of it was like, yeah, sure. Sure, I'll be in there. Yeah. Was was Scott Kahn, like, considering going to Michigan? And this was, like, a recruiting tool? Maybe they told him the name of the movie, and then they repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. You know, the program. The program. The program. The program. The program. The program. And he said, I like the sound of that. Those who, be- those who stay will get to table read with James Kahn. <laughs> those, you'll, get to, you'll get to read with Craig Sheffer. Yes, the Craig Sheffer. <laughs> the Craig Sheffer. <laughs> Who looks like every two arc episode boyfriend on Married with Children? All of them. They're like all Netflix. of them. We They're can put him in when it's like we need an anonymous kind of vaguely hunky dude. They're like, I'll get Craig Sheffer. God, this is this is probably our most topical podcast ever. We're talking about Married with Children. We're talking about movies that were made over twenty years ago. Berman has sixty one. Chris Berman has sixty one credits as himself, and eight as an actor. So okay. he's played seven, other seven, characters. How many? Se- seven as an actor. I will give fire you. Fire up these actors. Okay. As an actor, I'm not going to read them all. Okay. But I will all only seven. Read ones, God forbid. I will read the ones that, which are We most, don't have time for we, that. We've most, we've we've already identified two. Days. So it's only five. But I'm going to give you the most mockable ones. Okay. okay. Yeah. He was in Grown Ups 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in well, The Longest yeah. Yard remake. Yeah. So he's a felon. Right. Because he should be charged for that. He was in Even Stevens, a TV series in 2000, which if you watched, I'm really going to question your priorities as an adult. He was in Arliss on multiple occasions. He was in Eddie. I don't know if you remember Eddie, but it was the Whoopi uh, Goldberg movie where she – The John Sally vehicle. Correct, where she became – The Knicks head coach. Right, which is actually really way more plausible than I thought at the time. Yeah. And probably a good idea for the Knicks. It can't better, hurt. Than, better than Isaiah. That's if we're low, being honest. That's a low bar. I know. And he has 61 other credits as himself. But that has to be all like SBs and shit. Not all. I There's a lot of ESPN stuff in there. Right. A lot of it, right? But he was in Clone High. <laughs> All right. Spin he he appeared in Spin City. He appeared in something called the Garbage Picking Field Goal Kicking Philadelphia Phenomenon. Yeah, Tony Danza's in that. Yeah, I do oh, I believe that. <laughs> he um he was in Coach, the T V series. He was in Kingpin. I forgot that he he makes an appearance in Kingpin. 
Uh, he makes the appearance in the program and Necessary Roughness. And maybe my favorite of these, uh, he was in <laughs> something called, let's see, America's Parking Lot. America's Parking Lot as himself. That kind of de- describes Chris Berman. He kind of is America's Parking Lot. Oh, and he was in Draft Day. Of course okay. he was in Draft Day. So here's my question. All of these roles... He's either playing himself or a reasonable facsimile thereof. Do you think it's possible that Berman, Chris Berman has read for like dramatic roles where he's not playing himself? Like, Is there an audition tape out there of Chris Berman going out for the Ryan Gosling role in The Notebook? Or the Rachel McAdams role? No. But I guarantee Fuck you, he, you. He probably... He, he probably like there's there may be one. So I can he, give you one. Okay. But that seems like a lot of energy, and I think the trajectory you can trace is that he spends less and less of it. <laughs> I could just go as myself. That's his Halloween costume every year. So, what is the greatest role of the last like thirty years that has involved not standing up? Wow. Like, is there someone? My left who, foot. Maybe the diving bell and the butterfly. Oh yeah, or the this movie about um, what was it called? Maybe he's done about a lot Stephen of Hawking. voice acting. Yeah, Chris Berman and Stephen Hawking. Why didn't that work out? <laughs> Would have been amazing. He could have played the Rain Wilson character in Hesher, just like you know, lays on the couch. Oh, he could be Professor X. He could have been in Pineapple Express. <laughs> Don't go back. <laughs> Just Chris, Chris Berman. Paralyzed, <laughs> shaved head Professor X. <laughs> this is the worst shit trash idea you've ever had. Chris Berman, <laughs> in your mind. Get out of my head, Charles. I mean, think about it. All the X-Men have like these shitty sort of lame code names that are just like a Chris Berman nickname that he gives you. Like, if, if a baseball player lost an eye and played with an eye patch, Chris Berman would call him Cyclops. The Cyclops. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm just hearing him saying the word Dazzler. Mag- call, him, call him Gambit because he's throwing cards. See? It all fits. Yeah, this is good. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Patrick Stewart. You're out on your ass. Chris Berman is Professor X, is Cyclops, is Wolverine. <laughs> but Patrick Stewart at the NFL draft would be a big improvement. So, Oh, my God. This that, worked out for everyone. God. That would really class up. This is, I've had the best professional day of my life. I'm retiring. I'm seeing him just putting on the helmet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a gigantic Cerebro. <laughs> I, call, I call him that because it's a he. Sportsy bro. <laughs> Oh, God. Magneto is something he'd come up with, though. <laughs> God, this is this is the worst episode of this show ever. I call you the Wolverine because you're from up north and you're not good with people. <laughs> and you stabbed a guy once. And you can't find lasting relationships. You also can't remember anything from the last five years. <laughs> and also, we just can't fucking get rid of you. <laughs> So you're, you're the Wolverine. You're me. Hello, Chris Bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, uh, I, I think that concludes our discussion. Um, we also wanted to talk a little bit. <laughs> Send it, man. That sort of, sort of sounded like, all right, the podcast is over. Ship Thank you for listening over. to our Chris Berman show. <laughs> Prentice. Tune in next week. This is also because, like, we'll this- talk about Danny Cannell. <laughs> this is also because we've got um, we've got another. There, there actually is a a college football comedy that is going to be made. If you did not see this, wait, what? That is a rude way to talk about Syracuse, Spencer. <laughs> I just <laughs> listen. It's a dark comedy. <laughs> Syracuse would be directed by Germans. <laughs> yes, it's called Hard Nosed. <laughs> it's, about, them, it's about a man who kills his whole family and it's in violently stark black and white we take them to the middle of the north woods and we leave them there the it looks jo- like black metal music you video see, the joke is they play in the stadium named after the air conditioning company but it has no air 
the cruelty of we the have artificial. Air, uh, they play in a vacuum. <laughs> Suck all the oxygen out of the building. We this, call it the carrier the, dome, even though they can't run the ball. The cruelty <laughs> of these artificial surfaces, the savagery of the game. Just doing Werner Herzog <laughs> over Syracuse. Oh. Man, this, if you're still listening to this, God bless you. I know, man. Listener, wherever you are. Like, I will. Listener, singular. We are at roughly, I don't know, probably 25, 27 minutes into this. If you're still listening to this, I will buy you a beer. You got to commute, man. At him. We're going to. At me. I'll buy you damn beer. Also, beer beer companies, at me, because I need you to supply some beer for this promo. Average five times and get toe up. Yeah, that's true. If anybody can prove that they actually listened this far, I'll buy you a beer as well. Shit, that's two beers. Two free I will beers. listen to this and get beers from the two of you. Oh, shit. Oh, god damn it. The perfect crime. So Timothy Simons and Matt Walsh from Veep are actually going to make a college football comedy called Red Shirt. That's at least the operating name at this point. All right. It's going to be a movie. Paramount's on it. And I don't know if either of these gentlemen know anything about college football. This is what I'm I'm deeply suspicious of. We need to find out uh, where they went. We need to find out if they have uh, any sort of knowledge of what they're working with. And, I mean, I know they can be funny. They're uh, very funny people on Veep if you have not watched it. Timothy Simons grew up in Maine. Mm, so it's looking great. Black Bears. Not promising. He uh, might have a lot of CAA jokes. Matt Walsh. Born in Chicago, uh, Ooh, and he even did, worse. Hold on, hold on. He did hmm? play f- football in high school as a backup tight end. No, then, no, no. This is looking good. And he, he, no, he went to NIU. Something. He went to NIU. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, although he spent a year studying abroad in Austria. Oh, uh, okay. That's okay. They got, they, they got some linemen, probably. Austria got that football. That's fine. <laughs> they're, they're in the IFAF. That's true. Uh, yeah, they play. So. They play Baylor this year. That's true. <laughs> Uh, it's Baylor's, <laughs> Baylor scheduled him twice. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, boy, we're going to get calls about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it. Yeah, sorry. Ba- Baylor Hive. I didn't say oh, it. Baylor Hive. <laughs> kicking that one. Yeah, no, no, no. Be- I'm sorry. They get a beer. Um, but yeah, that they're, they're apparently going to make one, which is the roundabout way of saying that it, if, they make the, if they make a reasonably good college football movie, it might be the best one ever made. Because none of them have really gotten to great. It's like a reasonably – if you can get to reasonably good or good, you're there. The bar is pretty low. If you can yeah. get to one where like every college football fan is like, yeah, you should probably see it. Except one. Except one fan base. Like there need, if for it to be truly college football, there has to be one fan base that just fucking hates it. Oh, is this, is this movie reasonably smart? Sure. Okay, so Florida State. They will and it's, hate and it. And it's self-mocking. Mm. Well, if it's yeah. called Red Shirt, I mean, who sounds like something Alabama could run and run a foul of? I don't appreciate them jokes about short coach. There was an article, by the way, that came out this week that we actually want to mention, which is this that which was the Nick Saban to Texas article that the New York Times did, mm-hmm. which right. kind of read like I think what like a literature review reads like for researchers, yeah, for us because it, it rehashed a lot of what we already knew about the Nick Saban to Texas sort of thing. But there's a few interesting things in it. One, that Nick Saban needed that money. That that his investments in South Florida real estate, et cetera, had not gone well. So when Alabama bought his house, in case you didn't know, Alabama bought Nick Saban's house. And, and he then still, he stayed in it. And then he stayed in it. He lives in the same house, uh, which is not unusual. Alabama bought Bear Bryant's house too, which the article also mentioned. But they paid significantly more than Nick Saban paid for it. And in addition to that, uh, you know, have all these like financial back end deals for Nick Saban so that he will stay at Alabama. He but got t- two million dollar raise. Yep. He got two million on his house. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like rent a center. They've just sort of built the terms such that he's locked in at this point. Is that not creepy to you that you're like, oh man, Nick Saban's got to have more money than God? He's like, no, 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 these dudes bought him. It's 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 comforting in a weird way. Like no yeah. matter no matter what you do, you're probably not going to be rich. Oh, but, <laughs> oh, but I'm super smart and I've achieved so much in my field. Nope, probably still not going to be rich. I mean, if Fifty Cent and Nick Saban can both run out of money, then I'm not doing so bad. Yeah, I feel great. I don't know if Fifty ran out of money. I paid a portion of my credit card this month. 
a portion. He ran out of uh, a particular kind of assets. Yeah. His liquidity. <laughs> Things aren't very liquid for 50 right now. Just like Nick Saban. <laughs> just, like, just like Nick Saban. Just like the dad. But another really interesting is that evidently that was going to happen. Like that was – this was a thing that Nick Saban was concerned about because – and if you believe the article, and I kind of do. Like I know that Nick Saban has an agent, Jimmy Sexton, who's notoriously manipulative and is very fond of floating these rumors of outside interest in order to buffet the price of the coach to heretofore unseen levels. Just setting balloons, floating them out on the horizon and seeing where they land on the great market, Okay. I think he kind of got a bad rap for that because he was aided and abetted by Houston Nutt. Yeah. That's, that's just my guess. But there is some legitimacy to this that, that he feels a real anxiety about not being the guy who turns the program around anymore and is instead the custodian. It's not Which, as fun. It's not as fun to, like, you know, building the house. That You know, there are no there are no HGTV shows that are just – Maintaining your existing home. Yeah, I mean, think about when you play NCAA. Like, once you win the national title, what do you do? You go start over a dynasty with an even worse team. Here we go. I'm, I'm, like leading, you, I'm leading Wofford to the top. Yeah, it's no fun to win ten titles in a row, unless you're some sort of psychopath. That's, Which? That's why Oregon can't get over that hump. They, want, <laughs> they got the hunger. They know they got to keep it fun. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. Keep, keep people on the hook, man. Urban Meyer doesn't seem that happy. <laughs> it's probably two years from leaving oh we said that out loud it's too real it's too real no he'll be here forever good. <laughs> okay good luck texas tech <laughs> he learned all these valuable lessons from his father oh let's tell it let's talk to you about bud meyer <laughs> what bro yeah you <laughs> got some stories for you buddy <sighs> we'll tell them to you offline yeah but he, I think that's a like that's pretty legit because you know doing a little poking around uh, for something we might work on in SB Nation, the turnaround is very real, and the maintenance of a program is not. At one point, you had people who would be there for ten years, be there for fifteen years uh, before they won their first title, and that in the modern era is a dinosaur concept. It doesn't exist. Maintenance is a pretty thankless task, like at all levels. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you can do that at a program that may be second tier to first tier, like if you're the guy who did that. you know. And I think the program has to have like such a dismal history before you got there that you seem indispensable to the process, right? The closest comparison I could think of right now is somebody like Art Bryles or Gary Patterson. Either one of those programs – they're pretty much synonymous with that guy in terms of their modern identity, no? But, like, fast forward four years, and if they haven't won a national title, they haven't played for one, there might there's going to be a significant portion of the fan base that's going to be like, oh, we need to change, we just need to mix things up. Because that's, how, yeah, that's yeah. how the human brain works. It doesn't Absolutely. accept, it doesn't accept <laughs> that. Sometimes things just don't break your way. It thinks it can change everything. Like maybe yeah. I'll hit on I'll hit on sixteen this time, and then I'll win because I did something different. Yeah, even though you know hiring and firing coaches, and Bill Conley talks about this like, like ten times a year. Like it's all a crapshoot. Like they're not as important as we think they are. Sure, there are especially great ones, but most of them, you're just rolling the dice on what seems like a good guess. So like. This whole, you know, like he hadn't won a national title in the last five years. Get somebody new, five years, ten years, fifteen years, whatever. You know, it, it, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Things might be bad. But yeah, but you know, back to the point. Like the 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 idea that Saban the rebuild is more appealing to him than the maintenance. I mean, there's really something to that. Like not just looking at his career, but looking at the way all coaches are. Like and really all people. Also, there's the matter of this. You live your life in five-year cycles. You can always keep that pay rate going up, up, up. As opposed to, well, I'm at this place and suddenly my my wealth becomes incremental. Yeah. <clears throat> so the thing Dick Saban, I think, is staying for at this point, if you look at it financially, he's staying for attachment to rich people. Because that's what they did. They bought his house. Right? Probably, and I imagine... 
probably setting him up for retirement. That's what law school is. Meeting rich people. Nick's, Nick Saban just took out a bunch of student loans, and now he has to be at Alabama until he pays them off. That's law school and being a lawyer. Goddamn, Nick Saban, you made all the mistakes I did. No, no, no. But without the debt. <laughs> yeah. He just has to live it. That may be worse. You can Ryan, pay you it off. got to win more games, buddy. I already quit. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. You just need to sign more of them crutes. Just sign more of them, buddy. It'll be fine. All you have to do is live here forever. Forever. <laughs> Don't leave us. Roll time. Don't leave us or lose fewer. Lose more than two games a year. Honestly, I, I don't know if I could do that. Wake up every morning under a roof that was owned by the University of Alabama. <laughs> Good morning, athletic director Kathy Bates. God, it'd be like Moon. This is just like the movie. <laughs> In the basement there. Exactly. Uh, like the, just, the only difference is there's so much efficiency. You wouldn't need a very big basement. You yeah. just really cram those little fellas in. It's just Mike DeBose in the air vents going, hey. Hey, man. Mike Shule has been dead for 10 years. Yeah, I, th- I think Saban knows about DuBose. He just knows, like, like wouldn't copy him. Yeah, exactly. You, you better clean those vents. One of him is plenty. <laughs> um <laughs> the the other thing I think we wanted to discuss this week was things this year that like we can just state are, are still intuitively true that like I the temptation is as you approach the season you begin to entertain these counterintuitive notions where you go you know what I think that eight win team they're going to jump to twelve they're going to jump to eleven wins they're going to be no. super competitive or you know that historically great program. They're going to dive. They're going to take a nosedive into mediocrity. And usually in college football, those things aren't true. They're just not true, unless you're a Florida fan. Otherwise, they're just not true. Generally. I feel like this offseason, I've done way less like serious study of the teams and the players and who's going to be good and the rosters and all that stuff. And I just wait for Bill to write about them, and then I ingest his opinion as my own. But like... I mean, it feels like I'm coming to the same conclusions I would have if, like, five months ago I started studying really, really hard and serious. And, like, you look at the pre-se- the, the way-too-early top 25 stuff, like the top 25s that came out the minute after the title game, those are going to look about exactly the same as the ones that come out over the next week or two. Like, everyone's going to have the, the same top five, you know, and then the, the next 20 teams will be basically the same. Like, I don't even know why I started talking about this, to be quite honest. No, I get you because, for instance, uh, today, Bill, see, if you do not read him, you should. Foremost statistical mind in college football. Who can actually write? Puts things together and says that Oregon uh, is still loaded. They're just really good. They're just a quality football team, top to bottom, with great facilities, great management, and just uh, an ability to attract talent that's almost unparalleled both in their region and nationally. That's not going to change. Year to year, that does not change because they've got so many good things in place. So if you're waiting for – or like it's just statistically unlikely that Oregon's going to fall off that much. It's not going to happen. Counterpoint in the same region. I'd love for Washington State to be really good. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. They're still like three years away. And of intense recruiting. And and it's been a while. And it's been a while. It's been some time. They're still three year, two or three years away from putting together anything where you could go, yeah, that team could win 10 games. That's how far in the hole they were talent-wise. It takes a long time to push all this together. People say, oh, well, there's look, look at what Urban Meyer said at Ohio State. He's at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, you're not Ohio State, <laughs> Yeah, you're nowhere close to Ohio State. I mean, really, he brought Ohio State back to where Ohio State should be, and a little bit better because he's a really good coach. He's a none, great. None of this was a surprise. No, it just came a little earlier than expected. Another thing that won't change, like Ohio State, who'd they lose? No one. They lost no one. Like a wide receiver. Yeah, a wide receiver and a linebacker. Yeah, a wide receiver who in that offense will be running wide open because of the play-action threat. And they get back a two-time Big Ten player of the year quarterback who they're not even going to make play quarterback because they don't need him. <laughs> don't need a two-time What's the appetizer tonight? It's steak. It's delicious steak. Yeah, <laughs> it's covered, in, covered in gold flakes. <laughs> we had yeah. extra steak. Exactly. We're going to serve it to you on a beautiful nude person. It's free. It's free. 
chef just brought this whole thing out for you. By the way, there's $100 in your breast pocket. You can sleep here if you want. Yeah. This is your house now. Also, you can use this phone to talk to any dead relative you want. <laughs> Do I have to? No. No, that's the you, best don't. Part. you don't. That's the best part. They can just stay dead. <laughs> Can I can I call Woody Hayes on this phone? Yes. Absolutely. Can I can I call him a pussy? I'd love to hear what he says from hell when I do that. Woody Hayes. He can't reach you here. Yeah, he can't. Yo, he can. We've put in safeguards. Yeah. Specifically. Um uh, by the way, just as a fictional device, I always put Woody Hayes in hell because I figured he'd prefer it there. Be like heaven's soft. These people know how to work. Well, heaven this is, reminds he- me of Ohio. I think heaven is the dimension up north. <laughs> right. Like Michigan people would actually want nice things, right? Like, yeah, public education for everybody and health care. And like we all care for each other. And it gets cold and we join organizations and form a society. And Woody Hayes is like, throw me in the desert. That's right. No depth chart here. Everybody's on the third team just scrapping. Everybody's, everybody's a total grit soldier here. <laughs> We all play special teams in hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I didn't say he actually ended up there, Ohio State fans. I just say – I just suggest that he prefers it there. Man. But they're going to be good. Ohio State's going to be good no matter what happens, right? It's just a matter of screwing that up. If they fall to eight wins, you've messed something up. Florida. Florida is a great example of that. If you only win four games at Florida, you're officially – the worst coach of your generation. Like you're down there with Charlie Weiss. That's how bad you are at your at your job because of the sustained commitment, money, and talent at that place. And it goes, again, both ways. It pains me to say this, but man, George O'Leary and whoever's doing his work for him in Orlando, they do a fantastic job at UCF because they shouldn't be that good and yet are. I said that out loud, UCF fans. If you're still listening to this, I will buy you a beer. God, this, this is getting weird. I know, but think about it. And like you that, don't live that far from Orlando, so they might come up. No, no, they don't have gas money. <laughs> I guess that's the frustrating thing about this sport in the offseason is there's so little to talk about because we know what's going to happen. Well, like, we know which 10 teams are in the running. That's like, we always we... talk about, you know, the surprises and the chaos and all that shit. And, like, you know, that'll happen on a week-to-week basis. But when the dust settles, we know who's going to be in there. Last year, they were like, everyone had picked the same five playoff teams, and all four playoff teams came from that group. And 2007 aside, like, the sport's really, really, really easy to talk about. But that's... It's easy to talk about, and that's one of the fun things that, that's one of the fun things is that when somebody loses, and when somebody gets that upset, means you specifically did something wrong. You didn't just lose to a team with equal talent. No, you actively fucked no, up. You, you spit the bit. You got your card declined when you have overdraft protection. You did something really wrong. This ain't the NFL where it's rigged to make you go eight and eight. You're supposed to go ten and two. You went seven and five. You fucked up, and everyone gets to laugh at you. But that's why we have the hot seat. Like the hot seat is the 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 chaos equalizer there. Because sometimes coach wins nine games, you're like, ah, oh, that's probably good enough. He's probably safe. Nope. Out on his ass. Sometimes <laughs> a coach only wins five games, and you're like, well, shit, they haven't gone to a bowl in four years. He's got to be done, right? Nope. Athletic director can't figure out anything better to do, so he's sticking around. That is the, mis- that is the force multiplier in college football, is that Mike London still has a job. Still. Still, still, and, there's, oh, and he's and doing fine. You can't point to anything to be like, well, this is why, and this is why they're going to be no. Like Virginia is it is an example of a team that you know going to hover around bowl eligibility at the end of the season, might likely miss out, won't do anything to make you really think, oh, Mike London's really got this got this rocket going into orbit. Yeah, and he'll mean, probably I, get another year. Not to get too specific on Virginia, but I think you see you know, bits of improvement there. But the point still stands that, like, we're talking about hooray, they went 6-6. Six and six. Right. You know, it's not right. like tomorrow they're going to be an 11-1 team. I have – and if you look at this top 10, just as an example, your top two are Ohio State and Alabama. Okay. Yeah. That's any year. Any yeah. year in the past 50, that would have been a pretty solid bet, right? TCU – LSU. Okay, TCU's novel. Newer wealth. 
newer wealth, but still, but still rich. But, still but rich. we're talking about just pretending that the between you know after like 1925 to 2014 didn't happen. Right. <laughs> right. There, there still is a TCU precedent. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's there. LSU. Duh. I mean, that's just like that is a solid bet any year that LSU could be in the top ten. Baylor in recent history, this is not an unheard of thing. Especially given the nosedive that Texas and Oklahoma have taken as programs, right? In the Big 12, mm-hmm. you're picking a second one. Baylor's like, now is not the craziest bet that you're looking at. And they're a major conference power. It's not like they're a conference USA team, right? They are a major conference power. They've been really good for the past five years. Go ahead and put them in there. Oregon at six. That's like, Oregon at six seems conservative. That's their down year. That's their rebuilding down year. Down here is six. sixth. Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame at seven, which that, that seems optimistic. That but. sounds funny. I mean, they return a whole ton of talent, but we are talking about the program with probably more legit national championships than Alabama. That is also, I, I can say that. Nobody's listening. It is yeah. also a reflection of the fact that we can't decide if losing Everett Golson was good or bad for the team. It was good. <laughs> it was fine. His overall it was, was pretty good. I'll give it, it a fine. fine. It was fine. Yeah, Malik Sayer uh, is going to be fine. Uh, old Miss, old okay. <laughs> maybe I just maybe I just stopped and the whole thing falls apart, right? <laughs> well, that's when we stopped. That's when we stopped caring too closely and just started throwing teams in there because we liked them at the time. I uh, that eight nine ten slot where you're like, I don't know, throw some SEC teams in there, which literally that's what happens because eight nine ten is Old Miss, Georgia, and Arkansas. But again, Whew. you know, Whew. Georgia finishing ninth. If you put them at five, I'd flinch a little. But, you know, Georgia winning nine games and just kind of finishing second in the SEC East because is, of two two hemorrhagic losses. That is Georgia's birthright. Like, they are the member of the royal family where it's like, yeah, if, like, three people die prematurely, you might rise to the crown. It's never happening, but, you know. You They're got, in you extremely got a, good health. You got a good duchy over there. Two of them are in good health, and one of them just keeps popping back up. <laughs> I mean, as yeah. soon as he's in the dirt, he's just raring to get back at it. Bama's, George, Bama's George, had three more sons this year. George is the sick heir of like the remaining Habsburgs. Like two strokes a year, still kicking. <laughs> Won't die. Not ten and, never going to be in power, but ten, ten and two. And those two are pretty bad. We think they're fatal, but ah, get a good bowl game. But hey, you got some nice tapestries. Georgia ninth in football and gunshot accidental gunshot related fatalities. That's that's pretty much a birthright right there, right? and then. And then Arkansas. I think guns. Ninth? Okay. Sorry. I don't know, man. Third. Yeah, Third come on. Give, us, give oh, us some credit on, here. Hold on. Ninth and reported gunshot. Oh, okay. 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 Hey, that ain't, it ain't an accident unless I call the cops. Oh, man. I'm not going to the hospital. My pastor might be there. Because <laughs> he shot himself, too. Not intentionally, because that's a sin. Yeah, we were both at gun night at the Braves game. I don't know what to tell you. We were both at gun night at church. We were both eating with our guns. Shot each other. We were both stuck in gun traffic. It's God's God's will. We have to go to reader questions now, please. We're playing the state gun lottery. Yeah, playing state gun lottery. Arkansas at 10, by the way, in case you wonder who finished that out. Sure. Great. Sure. Love Love them. Ah, me, and, me and Brett Bielma have a sacred bond after today, so I'm fine with it. You do? Heisman Trophy potential, potential voting member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you wonder why we're going to let Brett, if he, if Brett Bielema wants to vote on the Heisman, why we're going to let him vote on the Heisman, it's this. Because we can. Yeah. It's an award There's for that. fun, and we're just going to let him vote if he wants. Yeah. And because... Well, my, me personally, I kind of hope he fucks with it. Like, I kind of hope he rigs to get each of his linemen a touchdown this year just so he can say, no, Brett Bielema put up an extra 35 points on some Sunbelt team just to win an internet trophy. You think nope. he, that is actually you think he physical won't, You think he ro- won't run a double reverse with all linemen? He will. Oh, then we got to give it to the team. That's right. That's fine. That's we, brilliant. If he does that, great. Yeah, do it's it, like, it's like do the it, it's like the boy band of fat guy touchdowns. <laughs> the pies men, <laughs> the pies men. But seriously, Burp Street. Seriously, Always. Brett Bela, call us. Are we sexual? Yeah. It's like a hundred and ninety-eight degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
the got backstreet boys. Uh, yeah. Instinct. Woo, instinct. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, town. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's go to reader questions. Uh, I'm going to go first because mine is not a question. So rather disappointed at the readers tonight. I just want to point out. Damn. Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett makes a self-tanning towel. Brandon Borders, at Brandon underscore Borders, pointed out. Jimmy Buffett makes a self-tanning towel that he sells on HSN.com. Sells it on home shopping. The Tantel Margaritaville self-tanning towel that you can get a 20-pack for $39.90. Shine yourself up. Take yourself to your own little magical Margaritaville of the imagination, a.k.a. Um, a Hooters somewhere. Yeah, or Key Largo. Or Key Largo. Or most likely a Bonefish Grill if it's a classy night. Ooh. It's prom. It's pro- <laughs> every Friday night's prom at Bonefish Grill. <laughs> Ryan, That's do you true. have a question? I do. Uh, this question comes from Ishmael at ish underscore 46. His question, which Big Ten rivalry trophy is the most helpful hunting tool? I thought about this very more carefully than I care to admit. I bet the, you did. The initial answer you're probably going to go with is Paul Bunyan's axe because it's the, you know, it's a weapon. I think that's wrong, and Spencer, you can certainly jump in here since you have recent axe experience. Mm -hmm. I think the answer is the Illibuck because you use it as bait. Mm -hmm. It's a turtle. It looks reasonably like a turtle. Floyd of Rosedale is a very nice-looking pig, but I don't think a wild animal is going to buy a gold pig on a pedestal as real food. So I think Mm -hmm. you use the Illibuck to lure whatever eats turtles and you shoot them. Yeah, what the hell eats turtles? That's my first question. Shredder. Oh, all kinds of stuff. Eat okay. tur- I mean, tur- no, turtles get eaten all the time. There's plenty of animals all too happy to crack them up. Is it good? A lot, of, a lot of birds. And you fry it up? It's, it's, it's eaten. Gators? Do gators eat turtles? Probably. Oh, yeah. G- g- gators eat turtles all the time. I mean, gators is about the only thing I can imagine. I gators, turtle, though. they'll eat anything. No, Unless, like, ants get in there. There are birds that eat turtles, I'm pretty sure. What the fuck kind of bird going to eat a turtle? Like a baby turtle, not like the big one. <laughs> but I- Illibuck is pretty damn big. Can, can I give Fair. you this? Can I give you this, by the way? Yeah. So you're hunting big ass birds. <laughs> the, Pteranodons. The, the Minnesota Nebraska football rivalry. Yeah. The, on, w- on the wooden wi- chair. On Wikipedia, the official trophy is listed as the five dollar bits of broken chair <laughs> yep, trophy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Invented by uh, Fopolini on Twitter. So if you think if you think the Piesman is bullshit, <laughs> there's a precedent. <laughs> I'm in tears. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't no dumber than the rest of this sport, no, y'all. No. Um, I'm going for – I'm going to interject and say this, that the axe would be hard to handle. By the way, it's a right. very big axe it's and not very, very sharp. Yeah. Okay, it's very large. I don't think it has the volume and weight combination that you need to be an effective weapon. By the time it's swung, the person's already adjusted. It's not going to work. I'm going to go super redneck here, go straight to Mi- Michigan, Minnesota, and say yeah. that the little brown jug in a fight, once you break it – Oh, I was going to say fill with acid. Also – Fighting Damn. is not. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, <laughs> so you're gonna go out in the woods and you're gonna scald a deer and then bring its bones back home. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> That's some fucked up Florida yeah. shit, right? I know. Jesus Christ! Touchdowns a touchdown. Don't know what to tell you. Counts. Um, also, in case you didn't know, Illinois Purdue. I mean, you might be able to catch someone with the cannon. Although, really, you are a master hunter. <laughs> you're a master hunter if you can kill something with a cannon. Oh, I thought we were talking about which Big Ten trophy should we have a revolutionary war you with. Could, you could hunt a sloth with that. Just, <laughs> not, just start blasting them out of trees. You mentioned two really fucked up ways to kill Jeez. an animal. Having, Ryan's <laughs> trying to start a museum. I'm something. having a dope day. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'll kill anything that comes across my path. <laughs> with a cannon full of acid and lasers and spikes. And it's got a robot in it that shoots lasers. Hell yes. Go Ducks. It's- is there any, by the way, for Illinois Purdue, is there any more apt metaphor than this? What happened to the cannon for a substantial period of time? Hall, Hall later moved it to his farmhouse near Milford, Illinois, where it survived a fire and gathered dust until he suggested it be used as a trophy between the two schools <laughs> when the rivalry was resumed after an 11-year lapse. There's dust, there's an accidental fire, and there's an 11-year dormant period. <laughs> that's a, lapse. Most, that's, Im- <laughs> most importantly, there's the passing off of trash as something valuable. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the most accurate. We're moving, and my wife says i got to get rid of this cannon. You kids I want feel it? like the name of the Illinois Purdue series should just be The Lapse. <laughs> the, 
What do you win? A lapse. You get to you get to take a year off. You get to stop being Catholic for two years. By the way, there's even a section on the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. They're like they don't say it's an official. They're like. The first meeting for the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy was held on November 22nd, 2014. It's since been subsequently displayed at Minnesota Spirit Events with other trophies. So, like, we put it next to it. It's not on the stage. They're like, Well, I think the key here is that Minnesota won that game. Because yeah. if Nebraska had won, it would be just, you know, destroyed immediately. Yeah. But Minnesota, <laughs> no, they got room in their trophy case. Yeah, They'll take on it. To it. Jason, you have a uh, question? Uh, from Chris White on Twitter, Carrie, the fight is the handle. Which college football program is the most John Boyce? Now, there's two different ways to go with this. You go like, you know, which one is as good as John Boyce, which like it'll just be whoever's the best because like, you know, I, I don't know anybody, anybody more talented at his job than John Boyce. Uh, but like, I think more entertaining to me is a program designed by John Boyce. Like if, if John was... Uh, creating a story about a program or something like that. And, I mean, you're going to put in the ACC, first of all. I mean, it feels lazy to even say that, but it just feels like the default obvious that is correct. Like, the program that uh, John would have the most fun with would be in the usually mediocre and uh, typically slapstick ACC. And you don't want one that has actually done a lot of really good things, but you don't want one that's just so bad you ignore it. Um and the one that I keep coming back to here as I ponder this uh, for hours and hours is NC State, which usually pretty all right, lose a couple comical games a year, every now and then jump up and ruin something in a comical way for somebody else. And then they have these branding things, you know, that like, uh, it just seems like something John would come up with, like claim the entire state of North Carolina on a billboard for the program in Raleigh over, you know, two of the biggest athletic departments in the country. You know, uh, the, the Rolling Stones thing a couple weeks ago where, you know, it, it, it basically making it sound like you can't always get what you want, so you might as well settle for NC State tickets. Like, it just sounds like John Boyce's Twitter feed come to life as a football program. So did Tom O'Brien probably has said a lot of the things that, that John Boyce tweets out loud. Fart. Like, like, hey, it's your good friend Tom logging onto his computer. Just says that to an <laughs> empty room. All right, I think that's a very good answer. I want I want to issue what I don't think is a superior answer, but is a competitive one. Iowa State. Wow. Yeah. Oh my. Because they don't know what their mascot is. Right. right? There's like <laughs> it's there's a, a bird weather. There's sure. a cyclone, and then there's a bird with teeth, and then sometimes there's a bird inside a cyclone. Right. <laughs> right. Which you would think would be death, but whatever. They have they have a series of. Endlessly chipper, very enthusiastic, and kind of like because of what happens to their poor football teams, end up seeming seeming kind of like clueless and like hopelessly optimistic coaches. They, right? are, they are coached by a rotation of King of the Hill characters. <laughs> Dan McCartney, <laughs> you know, Paul Rose. I sell cyclones and cyclone products. Like even Gene Chizik starts to feel a little like, you know, satirical when you start looking at his age. Like, yeah, he's Boomhauer. Yeah, they issued like Chiswick nickels. You know, they issued like those commemorative coins that were like the beginning of the Gene Chiswick era. And he won like five games and got the Auburn job, which is again a very John thing. They like won five games, pick that fella up. You know, won five games. That's pretty good, right? They that actually, hard. they actually have the occasional explosions. I feel are necessary for a John Boys piece, i.e., the occasional riots. That break out in Ames, they're overly proud of their quality drinking water. Oh man, yeah, a good case. Yeah, they're Jesus. overly proud. They're an ag school, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That plays another school that's you know an ag school. And when they get together, well, I was not an ag school. They have a strong agricultural component. They're, and when the two play each other in their rivalry so. team, right? They, they run everything backwards. Rivalry games are supposed to happen at the end of the season. They always play theirs first. It, it degrades both teams, and they end up playing these, like, Dada football games. And, that the, we winner, have and the winner ends up being a six-win team at best anyway. <laughs> right. Like, so winning there's that no game pride so, for anyone. Winning that game is so bad for your prospects overall. Oh. In a game that we have at Shutdown Fullcast, 
We've labeled it as uh, what, Ryan? El Asico. El Asico. So wait, are, say, we, say are, we sending, are we sending John to El Asico now? Is that what I'm hearing? I think this is a good idea. At this editorial meeting that one other person <laughs> is listening to, this is a good idea. It's a great idea. You should send John. I, I, I also want to point out that their uniforms are knockoff USC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like like USC. They just copy and pasted USC's uniforms and put the toothbird weather pattern on it. Yeah, this was on Creative Commons. We can use it. <laughs> their highest oh, this rank- on Wikipedia. Their highest rank ever was immediately followed by a disastrous defeat on national TV. Yep. Their most like probably their most prominent victory in the past five years. It's just fucking something up for somebody else for no reason. Yeah, and and happened when the other team turned the ball over nine times. Yeah, right. That's that to me. Iowa State is is the most John Boys football team. That's a really good answer. Yeah, that's a damn good case. Uh, I'll change my answer to that. All right, El Asico, here comes John. El Asico. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. 